Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thank you for listening. We got kind of an emergency edition of the podcast, if you want to call it that, because LSU did, in fact, add another commitment to its 2023 recruiting class. Paul Mabenga, out of Buford, Georgia, from the Democratic Republic of Congo, originally committed to LSU. 2023 offensive lineman stands at about 6'4", 291 pounds. It's the first offensive line commit in the class for Brad Davis. And look, this is one where the rankings certainly aren't going to jump out at you right away. Currently, he's a strong three-star prospect, sits as a number 55 overall interior offensive lineman in the country, according to On3. And the 74th best prospect in Georgia, the consensus has him just a little bit higher, ranking as the number 53rd overall interior offensive lineman and up in the uh, number 56 overall prospect in Georgia range. But if you look at his measurables, if you look at uh, kind of the, the deeper story of who Paul Mabenga is, I really like this pickup for Brad Davis. First of all, you start with the fact that he is not going to be 17 years old until until November. It's pretty wild. He's already packed on 15 more pounds to get to that 291 since he measured in at, uh, in March. So that growth spurt, we're already starting to see that a little bit from him. He's somebody that could play comfortably in that 315 uh, to 330 pound range. And I think would be a, a force in the middle of an offensive line. He could play center. He could play guard. On three director of scouting, Charles Power, thinks he could play some tackle as a swing man as well. Uh, the thing about him is, obviously, how does he develop physically? And, and just right there in that small sample size of a few months, he's already packed on 15 pounds. Uh, the good thing about him is he's going to be well coached when he comes to LSU already. Um, even though he has only been playing football for a few years, he comes from Buford, a big powerhouse program in the state of Georgia, um, more so a run the football type of uh, program. But so he's going to have to develop a little bit as a um, pass blocker. But um, just with his his arm length along the interior is good. Um, I think as you pack more weight on him, he's going to be a really good prospect for LSU. And I think you you got to give Brad Davis a lot of credit here. And this is one where uh, the day his official visit to LSU ended, I caught up with him for a story. And he named Michigan the leader. And Michigan actually uh, you know, had a silent commitment, I believe, from Paul Mabenga and was very confident that they were going to grab him out of the state of Georgia and beat out LSU, beat out Texas A&M, uh, Penn State, uh, Tennessee, others that had offered him. And... He told me that, look, LSU gave me a lot to think about because I said, well, if they went into your visit as the leader and if you know they're still leading now, does that mean that you know, you're probably going to end up at Michigan, you know, just trying to keep it real with him and, and him keep it real with me? And he said, no, LSU gave me a lot to think about. Um, you know, Brian Kelly made a great pitch to him about how he's going to improve the academics uh, around LSU football and, and not only on the team, but he, Brian Kelly has eyes on improving the academic standing of LSU overall, um, from what I've heard. And so uh, that really is something that caught his eye. I mean, his parents are well-educated and have great jobs. Um, I believe they both work for Microsoft in some capacity. So um, 
you know, education is a big piece of this, which is why Michigan felt really good, which makes sense as well. And they did a good job recruiting him. But he also had a great relationship with Brad Davis and just really had a good time on the visit. And I, and I do think staying in the South helps a little bit here. But just overall, I mean, a great job by LSU to, to get Paul Mabenga. Again, this is somebody that as you watch his senior year unfold, that could push him up the rankings even higher um, just from what we'll see out of him. He is a work in progress without a doubt, just not from the sense that uh, he is uncoordinated or you know has some flaws, but he's just still new to football um, and his body is still growing. So the fact that he's young, fact that he's you know still being developed uh, that's a good thing you know as far as uh, an offensive line pickup so I really like this pickup I'm higher on it than most I mean quite honestly and we'll kind of get into what's next but there's part of me that says uh, and it's a kind of a big part that says you know I would probably take projecting Paul Mabenga to be you know a, a better long-term play than TJ Shanahan you know I'm not the highest on TJ Shanahan um, he's starting to pick up even more and more buzz around Texas A&M, um, but he could still take it to the fall. That'll be an interesting recruitment to follow for sure. But quite honestly, I, I tend to like what Paul Mabenga brings long-term a little bit better than than TJ Shanahan, who's a top target for, for Brad Davis. So I think this is a terrific pickup for LSU. Adds to the class. Commitment number 16 in the books for the Tigers now. Um, again, solidifying their spot in the top 10. Uh, this is a this is a pickup that you know can kickstart this offensive line class. So let, let's kind of transition into that a little bit. You know what's next for the Tigers in the trenches? Uh, because on one side of the ball, they're certainly in a good spot. They probably need to you know uh, swing for the fences on Nicholas Harbor, the the elite edge prospect, as well as find a true defensive tackle to to join that boat. Um, you know and, and pair with Darren Reed. But on the offensive side of the ball. Palma Benga was one that I, I think was a pleasant surprise in a way, because um, when he and his family really sat down to talk about this, from what he told us, this this has kind of been building. You know, LSU recruited him well. They had him on campus in the spring, uh, and then by the time he left the visit, he was he was feeling LSU. And and I think that answer, while he still named Michigan his top school, that was where it was starting to to turn clearly. Um, and so kudos to LSU for landing him. Moving on, I mentioned T.J. Shanahan. That recruitment, if it goes to the fall, could get a little crazy in a way. I, th I still think it's probably the same suitors we're talking about now for the most part. But, you know, T.J. Shanahan's a big dude that that I think really stands out, especially when he plays weaker competition. You know, Austin Westlake is one of the best high school programs in the country. Um, he plays, you know, along with some really talented prospects on the offensive line. I think he just has that ability to to be, you know, dominant when he can be, rather than just about all the time. Which, for as high as he's ranked at some places, I, I would like to see more of. Um, so I'm not as particularly high on T.J. Shanahan as some, uh, but LSU's still battling away for him. He's been a top target for Brad Davis since he got the job. Uh, Four-star offensive lineman. You'd love to beat out A and M just from a, uh, you know kind of a credibility standpoint almost and, and show that you can, you know, swing away and, and go get a prospect like TJ Shanahan. Um, and George is also there. Um, there. There are other programs that are in the mix, you know, with him. Again, we're starting to, to see it trend 
uh, towards Texas A&M. More predictions are going in for him to land there, but I think they might be just a little early, uh, especially if he takes it to the fall. Uh, again, Aggies sit with the lead and kind of always have, but uh, this is one that could get a little weird. He's got two more official visits to take, uh, and we'll, we'll see what um, you know happens with TJ Shanahan, uh, who is a big target for, for LSU. Same thing with Chase Pesantis. This one, though, is a little bit harder to read. I haven't gotten a good feeling as of late with, with LSU's chances, but I will say this. They are, it seems like Michigan State, Rutgers, Texas A&M, and LSU all are in the mix and all could be the pick. Um, top uh, top 100 prospect in the country on the on three consensus, just outside the top 104 on three. Uh, he took a bunch of official visits this summer. Uh, he was closing in on a decision. Uh, we'll see if he goes through with it. I think he's getting close. Uh, you know, LSU, if, if they can pull off Chase Basantis, I mean, that is a terrific interior pairing right there uh, for Brad Davis. I don't get the sense that they can do it just yet. Uh, we're continuing to keep our our, head, our ear to the ground on, on Chase Basantis and the chances for the Tigers. But right now, it just doesn't seem like, you know, there's a bunch of warm and fuzzies out there. But I kind of get that sense from talking or, talking with people around uh, other programs and around the country and, and people that have been you know following this recruitment. He's pretty quiet. He I think he wants to do his announcement in, in a very specific way, whatever it is, and, and you know, maybe shock some people. So I think there's a little bit of misdirection at play with Chase Basantis too, to an extent. But I do want to move on because there are two prospects that I keep feeling better and better about as the days go by. Two in-state offensive line targets for the Tigers, Tyree Adams and Zalance Hurd. Uh, Tyree Adams out of St. Aug in the New Orleans area. Uh, a really, really good looking prospect. Had a great, great uh, O-line, D-line camp when the 7-on-7 seven -seven tournament was going on. Uh, what competition wasn't great on campus for that O-line, D-line camp, but he really did a good job and, and solidified himself, in my eyes, as one of the top offensive tackles in the entire country. You know, we're starting to see a run of offensive linemen make decisions. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the guys that LSU had brought in, um, you know, for official visits were, were kind of, are kind of starting to make decisions. Uh, we saw Shamarad Umarikov uh, commit to Tennessee. Uh, we saw... Um, uh, we saw Caden Green commit to Oklahoma. Uh, we've started uh, we've started to see a few other guys with LSU offers start to make some decisions. Uh, but really, um, you know, for the most part, LSU, if they can get Tyree Adams and Zalance Hurd to Paul to pair, in a sense, with Paul Mabenga, I mean, that's a terrific haul right there. I think this is a situation where. Then you go into the fall and you keep swinging away at Chase Basantis. If he go, if he does make a decision, goes elsewhere, you can try and flip him. Uh, you know, TJ Shanahan keeps swinging away at him. See what happens. Maybe you dive into the portal at some point and, and see what you could pull out of there. Um, and then there's you know uh, DJ Chester, uh, you know, out of the state of Georgia as well, who's a, a big LSU target. Um, and and who knows if he decides to make a decision soon or or take it to the fall, but. Back to Tyree Adams, I think he did, did a good job, showed why he's one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Um, he would be a terrific, I think, more so right tackle um, at LSU and, and somebody that can solidify that spot for years to come. 
And then also uh, Zalance Hurd, who uh, was solid in the spring when I saw him. He was really, really good at LSU at their uh, O-line, D-line camp, or excuse me, at their elite camp uh, to cap things uh, this summer. So, you know, both both of those guys have a few programs kind of pulling at them. You know, Tyree Adams has Florida and Ole Miss and Georgia kind of pulling at them. Uh, Zalance Hurd has programs like Texas, Texas A&M, Nebraska kind of pulling at them. But, you know, I still think from what I hear, both of those prospects are guys that are trending to LSU uh, in a big way. So uh, after they both took unofficial visits to cap the month of June, you've got to feel good. And with both those guys, it's been a group effort. You're going to have to give Brad Davis credit if they do jump on board without a doubt, uh, just because of what he's, you know, what he means. You know, he's the guy that's going to be coaching them up day by day. But in the same respect, you know, you have coaches that have been around for a while um, for like a guy like Zalance Hurd with Joe Sloan and, and Tyree Adams. You have somebody like uh, Frank Wilson and, and uh, Cortez Hankton probably to an extent with his New Orleans ties. You've got all these guys and then the support staff that are recruiting these guys, too. I mean, so um, this is a this is a trio that if that's your trio, whenever those guys make decisions, you're feeling pretty good about the offensive line class. And then you can see how it goes. And if you need to go into the portal or if you need to really take a look at some senior evals and, and start to make some moves on guys uh, that can all be there for you, really, if you're Brad Davis. So, you know, big credit to him on landing Paul Mabenga. I mean, this was a great surge for LSU using that last official visit to, to sway things their way. Um, and, and if if you want to kind of look at all the tea leaves of his family and kind of how they seem to handle things, um, you know, I, I think this is one that you would hope would stick um, and, and not go awry or, or start to get crazy and, and, and start taking more visits and things like that. It seemed like he wanted to be done before his senior year, and I think that's, uh, you know, at least my early read on it. So you got those guys. DJ Chester is one that um, I'll wrap up with on the O-line where uh, this is, I think, somebody that if it's not uh, Paul Mabenga, it could be DJ Chester in the middle uh, for LSU uh, in that as far as recruiting a true center in this class. Uh, he's somebody that I heard a lot of positive buzz around coming off of his official visit. I wasn't cl- close, close to a, a, an on three recruiting prediction mati- machine pick, but I was close to to making a pick, maybe even with a low confidence. So Auburn's still in there. They did a good job on on his official visit, and he's certainly a huge, huge target uh, for Auburn when it comes to their offensive line class, uh, a monster target uh, for Brian Harson's staff. LSU seems to be the school that's made the move with him as of late, though. That's what I'm hearing. That's what our Auburn site uh, is is hearing. I will be, uh, you know, interested to see if he pops up either at LSU or Auburn at the end of July for that one open recruiting period. Uh, that'll be an interesting thing uh, to watch and see how that unfolds. Uh, but that's kind of the group of offensive linemen I feel like we're talking about right now the most with LSU. We'll see if maybe they evaluate some of these in-state guys like a Caden Jones, uh, see if they circle back around on Tyler Johnson. I'm not so sure they will um, and and kind of uh, go from there. And there are a couple more in-state names that are just kind of slipping my mind. Um, Ethan Fields out of Dutchtown, who um, is committed to Purdue uh, right now. I think he would be one that I would like to see them eval more as a senior and 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 maybe come around on. Maybe they some, there's something there that I don't know. Maybe he's not... Uh, you know, it doesn't fit as well as maybe I think he could 
at LSU. So um, those are all possibilities. But, you know, I think right now you got to celebrate what they did getting Paul Mavenga on board. Uh, big credit to Brad Davis there and, and, the, and the staff for the work they did uh, to get him on board. So um, if there's anything else, I mean, one other quick note, uh, four-star wide receiver Kai Preen out of St. James uh, dropped a top four school list. LSU made the cut uh, along with uh, Mississippi State, Florida State, um, and Auburn uh, in that mix. And, and that, that's a guy that we're seeing um, LSU hold on three recruiting prediction machine lead for. Uh, he had a solid offseason. I think he's somebody that isn't a true burner, but he's sure-handed from what I can see. Smooth route runner and fairly versatile. You could see him line up slot or outside. I think he'd be a slot guy for LSU um, and, and kind of be a, a, a high-volume catch guy. Probably not going to be um, as explosive as, as you might want. But, again, uh, that kind of goes back to the top-end speed. Uh, we've got a couple times on him uh, from the spring at, at the Under Armour Dallas camp that weren't, weren't too encouraging. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'll kind of dig around and see what he put down uh, this summer. I saw he ran at Tulane camp. And he's been, like I said, really productive, competitive, went to UL, went to Tulane and camped, uh, played seven on seven. So did all those things this summer. But LSU's in a good spot to land him. He's one that was in our prediction uh, prediction piece last month as well. So um, he is uh, one of the better prospects in the state, certainly sought after in the SEC and by Florida State. So uh, Kai Preen is one that we could see a decision come before senior year, so we'll keep an eye on him for sure. But with that, guys, um, I will end with this. We are in Florida for the Under Armour Future 50 camp. Uh, that is uh, Friday with the media availability, and then Saturday uh, with the camp all day, pretty much. So I'll put a live thread on the BengalTiger.com. Subscribe for seven days for a free trial to check us out. Um, you can you can get all this you know a lot more info on how the guys look, um, you know recruiting intel from the event and all those things. Two LSU commits expected to be in attendance: uh, four-star defensive lineman Deshaun Womack, who I am so excited to finally get to see in person, and then Ryan Yates, a guy I've seen a lot. Uh, he'll be there repping LSU, and then as well as some key targets for LSU. Um, on uh, in the secondary, we'll keep with the secondary. Javion Toviano will be there. Uh, he is somebody that LSU is still heavy on trying to get him on campus for an official visit um, and certainly stay in the mix. And then you also have uh, a pair of 2024 prospects that go to IMG in David Stone, uh, who's a huge target for Jamar Kane on the defensive line. And then you also have um, Desmond Ricks, the number one corner in the country in the class of 2024. Those guys are studs. Uh, we'll see how they perform as the younger guys. Um, and then lastly, one more guy that'll be in attendance and I, I think LSU's facing a real uphill battle for is Jaden Osbury, uh, the Baton Rouge U High linebacker. I think he ends up going up north right now. Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, maybe LSU you know, keeps chipping away and ends up right there in the mix for him. But um, yeah, I'm here in Michigan and Notre Dame the most for Jaden Osbury, but it'll be good to see him uh, work out. Another Louisiana guy to watch. So with that, guys, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, a big pickup for LSU, number 16 in the class of 2023 with Paul Mabenga. 
Keep it locked on the BengalTiger.com for all the latest on LSU recruiting. I think I might be closer to the end of this month dropping an updated class prediction piece. So jump on board now. Catch that later this month. Till then, guys, we will catch you next time and uh, have a great weekend. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.